You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome to the 400th episode of the podcast. That blows my mind. Last week, I was wondering what I would feature in the 400th episode because I thought, wow, it needs to be something special. What could it be? But today, I have great clarity. I know exactly what we need to talk about. We're going to use this podcast episode to continue talking a little bit about the legacy that Brother Hogan brought to Carterville Baptist Church, how the Lord used our pastor to shape our lives. So today, I have a special guest with me. Butch O'Neill is with me. Butch, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to be here, Ben. So, Butch, do you ever listen to the podcast episode? I listen to your podcast. Well, now you are the man behind the microphone. So thanks for coming. I appreciate you having me here. So I invited Butch today because I know that Brother Hogan had a tremendous impact on Butch's life. Uh, in fact, Butch continues to teach the Sunday school class that we still nicknamed the pastor's class because Brother Hogan taught it forever. Always be the pastor's class. There you go. And in 2013, when Brother Hogan had his heart attack and stroke, uh, you resumed it. You picked up the teaching duties in that class. Brother Hogan mentored you in that, and he was able to, to help you grow in that role. Also, uh, he mentored you in personal visitation, in making pastoral visits to people's homes when they're bereaved or to invite them to church. Uh, he's taught you so much, and Butch, I've watched him really make a disciple of you. And I'm so proud of what Brother Hogan's done, but I wanted to peel the curtain back and let people look behind the scenes. So Butch, let's talk, let's talk about the beginning. Why don't you tell me a little bit about when you met Brother Hogan? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to back up just a little bit. Before and, that. Before okay. that. So what year are we talking about here? This was, this was 1991 when I first met him. Okay. And it was under circumstance. But I want to give you just a little brief history before that to let you know why it was so significant. You know, I was a, a born-again Christian. I was saved when I was a late teenager. and But I was one of those that just went on my life thinking there was nothing else to do. No transformation. Right. Just you're saved. Your name's on the roll in heaven. I'm on the roll in heaven. I'm good. That's right. When you die, you'll be in heaven. Who cares? So actually, I was living for the world. Me and Carol had just built a house out here in Pedal, and, and we had been talking about going to church somewhere here in Pedal because she was raised a lot differently than me. She was raised in church, and I wasn't. So I agreed we would start going to church, but before that happened, I had a wreck out there on uh, 42 in front of Crestview Baptist Church. And to make a long story short, I uh, found myself in the hospital, fixed to go in for surgery because I was broken up everywhere. And this gray-headed man walked in the door. Didn't know who he was. He just walked in and looked at me and, and said, Son, is there anything you need to tell me? And we discussed my salvation right there and what I needed to go from that point forward. So after the surgery, uh, you know, it took... I don't forget how many weeks of recovery before I actually got where I could walk again because I had both legs all tore up. But anyhow, I came to church, and I sat in Ms. Donna Ruth's class. That's where he wanted me to go. And uh, the very next Sunday, before that Sunday, it was Wednesday or Thursday, I think, he came to the house to visit with me and Kara and wanted me to get up in front of the church and give a testimony. And I said, well, I'll give it a try. And so I can remember that morning uh, when it came time and he offered me to come up there and I came up there, I was a nervous wreck. You know, I couldn't get anything out. 
and, and finally it started coming out and then it just flowed because he had he told me say son don't worry i'm praying for you that was one of the first things he told me when i got up there he said son i'm praying for you and so that went on you know and then you know he got me involved in teaching ra's that was one of the first things he got me involved in and then it wasn't long after that i found myself going on mission trips and I forgot the exact number. It was 14 or 15 of them in a row. Matter of fact, you were on the last several that I was, oh, man, that I was on. Oh, man, I love it. And I was actually starting to feel the growth. And it was always every other week or so often, he would always call me up. Hey, how you doing? Uh, what you been doing? You been reading your Bible? He was always mentoring to me, trying to persuade me. And, and I really, I think to this day right now, I understand that he knew more about me than I knew. He knew what I could do if I put my heart, mind, and soul the way Christ would have us to do. And so that went on like that for I don't know how many years. And then, you know, we had this, uh, started teaching Sunday school. And I don't know how he planned it like this, but he started me off in the elementary. And then he graduated me to doing high school. You, and, taught, you taught high school uh, when I was youth minister. Yes, because on Wednesday nights I started I don't know if it was you or him one, but I got asked to start doing that. Yeah, and you 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 worked with a group of boys. I remember watching you work with a group of boys from RAs all the way through youth group. I was so proud of you, Butch. They were a good bunch of guys, and and, and I was proud of, of some of the, the things, the accomplishments they were making. But anyhow, make a long story short with that, you know, I'm going to really get into the meat of this thing because, you know, he had his heart attack in 2013, and I can remember going up there to visit with him at the hospital. And, and uh, I don't forget how many days. It was several days he was up there. 40. I think it was 40 days. Well, about uh, three or four days before they discharged him from the hospital, I went in there to visit with him, and he called me up because, you know, he couldn't talk real very loud at that time. Uh, well, like his vocal cords were affected by a stroke, yeah. And, and, and he, he just told me, he said, right then, he said, son, you're going to start teaching my class. And I said, well, I am. And I was working shift work at that time. Right. And, and I didn't question him. I, I, I didn't question what, not one bit at all. But then the very next week, I got promoted to the job I'm doing now, which is a straight day job, Monday yeah. through Friday, off Saturday and Sunday. So that meant you could teach the Sunday school class every week without having to miss for your night, for your day shift. For night, I, I did, there was no issues whatsoever for me not being on here on Sunday mornings. Well, about... I don't know. It was probably about three or four weeks after he got out of the hospital. Somebody else was teaching the class still at that time. I don't forget who it was because they had to do paperwork, stuff like that. And it was a while before I actually got the job. You know, I got the promotion, but it was actually about a month later before I actually started doing the day job. He called me over to his house. He said, son, this is, this is, what is, this is how you got to teach the pastor's class. You got to do your own lesson. And I'm thinking, no book. Uh, how am I going to do this? He said, don't worry, God's going to take care of it. And so I thought to myself all the way home, how am I going to do this? And then I thought, Brother Hogan said, God will take care of it. So I'm just going to continue to pray and ask God's uh, mercy, his grace, everything, his wisdom, knowledge. Let him take care of it. And at the very beginning, I can honestly say it wasn't the best. But then Brother Hogan told me, and Brother Hogan knew it wasn't the best because he was in the class. Because I remember the first day I walked in there, uh, him and Dr. Clausen and, and all the other men in there. I knew every one of them had been deacons at one time, and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> How am I going to do this? 
but it started coming out. And then, and I must have not did really great that first day because he wanted me to come over to his house after lunch that Sunday. So I went over there and he said, look, I want to tell you something. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 to put on the full armor each and every day. He said, if you will start putting on that armor and it's going to take more of you to do that. The Holy Spirit's telling you what to do. You're just not listening very well. And he was talking to me more like a father. And about that same time, my own father had passed away. And so basically, Brother Hogan had started taking over, trying to, to more than a mentor, he's more like a father figure at that point. And so I started listening to him and started trying to develop lessons. And then I started realizing the more and more that I, that, that I started putting on the full armor each and every day, I realized things became easier. Things like it sort of slowed down to me. You know, I don't know if you ever heard this this terminology of a baseball player and how they, you know, when they first start, things seem real fast at the beginning, but then it slows down and they see the game. Well, I started seeing the whole picture yeah. that Christ wanted me to see. And then it just moved on from there for several, several uh, weeks. And then we started visiting. And that was about a year after his stroke. And so when you said we started visiting, what people need to know on the podcast is if you didn't know Brother Hogan, he was the best visitation pastor that I've ever seen in my life. He he would visit people that he literally, there's nobody that can touch him for going to take personal care of people in their homes, going to see people if they came to the church or having a hard time or needed to be invited to church or uh, needed a visit or were grieving. And so when you said we started making visits, you mean that you picked up that ministry, you, you'd go pick up Brother Hogan, and, and you would take him out to see people make these visits? Right, you know, because he couldn't drive at that time, so I'd go over to his house, pick him up, and every Thursday, it was every Thursday, that was just routine for us, 3 o'clock when I got home from work, we, I'd go over to his house straight from work, pick him up, but before we left, he was reading his Bible, he would read verses to me, we would pray, and then we'd go. And then we always made a habit. Every visit, he already had a list of people we were going to visit. We'd go in there, spend about 15 minutes, find out their spiritual needs, pray for them. We'd leave. But before we would pull up in his driveway to get him in the house, we'd pray again. We'd pray for every individual that we just went to. And that went on for several, several, I don't know how many years it went on. And then I got to the point where he couldn't hardly get in and out. And I can remember this one time to where I went to visit. And this is where I could tell that he was starting to go down because the, every visit we made that day, I had to get out and go out on the other side and actually lift his legs out of the car. To help him, help him be able to get To his... help him get out because it was just such a struggle to, to, to get out. But what I want people to know about Brother Hogan is that you're not going to find other people who were who were fighting back from a stroke, who were as tired as he was, and were still determined to go make visits for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy just did not quit. Never. He had no quit in him. Mm-mm, none. And I, I remember watching in that process as you became more confident in those visits and watching the effect that Brother Hogan had discipling you until you could make those visits on your own one day. And I'm watching you now. You know, as you care for that class, and I'm proud of you, I'm proud of Brother Hogan, I'm proud of Jesus. Just amazing to me what God's done. And you know, to this day, I do the visits by myself now, but the people that I have visited before with him, that's the first thing they ask, how's Brother Hogan That's doing? right, 
That's right. They always want to know. And to make one more, I want to tell you one more little situation. I carried him out for his birthday before he became bedridden this last time. And we went to a restaurant to eat. And as we sat down, when the waiter came to the table, he made witness to that waiter before we would order. How about that? That's just the way he was. That is. Butch, as you look back over you know decades of memories, the mission field, uh, involving you at church, giving you first ministry opportunities, discipling you, mentoring you into personal care for Jesus, going to make visits for people, influencing the way you raised your family. You know, when you look back at your lifetime of learning from Brother Hogan, what's one big takeaway that you could offer to the people who are listening to the podcast today? One word, legacy. Yeah. He had always talked to me when that day comes, and he was looking forward to this day. You know, tomorrow is not going to be a sad moment. It's going to be a joyous moment because he looked forward to this day. Pert, little little side note for our listeners. Butch and I are recording this podcast on Wednesday. Brother Hogan's funeral will be tomorrow for us on Thursday. And when you're listening to this podcast, it would have been last week. In fact, as you're listening to this podcast on Monday, I want you to know that Brother Hogan's birthday was on the 12th. And so he would have celebrated his 93rd birthday yesterday. And uh, so legacy is the one word, Butch. What am I going to leave for the world to remember me by? And, and, you know, we got to do it with a humble heart. And I don't know of a man that I have personally been that involved with that mentored me that showed me more humility. Wow, yeah. And that's what I want to leave. And and even at work, I don't care where I'm at now, that's what I want people to remember me by is that I'm a humble servant of God. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, Butch. I can't think, like, there are a lot of people I love and respect, right? But the Bible talks about the value of a good name, of, of a person building a reputation, a legacy, if you will. There is not one name I can think of that when it's spoken, it doesn't have more respect attached to it than Leland Hogan. Everybody remembers that name. Yeah. Well, Butch, thanks for coming into the podcast today. Let's turn the podcast around as we let our le- our listeners go today. I want to encourage you, gang, as you live out your witness for Jesus today, be faithful, love the Lord. And you know, Brother Hogan gave us a tremendous legacy as a church family. Well, let's walk in it. Let's have the faith and the commitment to Christ that Brother Hogan taught us to have. Thanks. God bless you. I appreciate you listening to this episode of the podcast.